Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. I like what Paul, you know, Barnabas was a great encourager. He always encouraged those around him to do better than him. It was always Barnabas and Paul. And then soon it became Paul and Barnabas. And he was excited. And you know what? There's a great joy when when those around you excel and go beyond yourself. Amen. I will never be able to be able to do all the things that they do. Could never do all of that. But I had a part in their lives. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. I'm not a preacher. I'm a teacher. So I told Pastor Daniel, 10 minutes is all I need. (laughs) But um, I am over the life groups, and that is my passion, and connect is my passion. People and groups are my passion. And we showed, we saw a video this morning in the service, and I have another different one tonight because it's a little bit different. These life groups can take different, you know, uh, faces. So here, Akela, can you show it, please? Oh, my name is Minister Adrian. I oversee the bike ministry at King's Cathedral. My name is Stephanie Silva. My name is August. We ride once a month, one Saturday every month. My first weekend in the church was drive through Then it was the Good Friday. Then they opened the church on the Easter, came in and um, got into life group. I've been riding for two years, about two years. Started with me and my brothers and then started, and then we started writing together with Minister Agent and some of the church guys. So it's a time of ministry where, you know, men will open up in that kind of environment uh, versus being in church. Uh, you know, it's a different type of environment where men feel comfortable and they open up and we can minister to each other. Growing up, my dad used to ride, so I always used to look up to him and say, oh, one day I'm going to end up having my own bike. And sure enough, I got my own bike and just started riding and enjoy riding a motorcycle. And it gives us that unity of family that, that understands you. They pray for you not only as a group, but individual prayers, you know. Um, and it, get, it kept me on fire to want to disciple, want to get out there. To this day, I'm going into homes and spreading the gospel. I mean, I'm not afraid anymore because I know I go back and I get the teaching and the rejuvenation from the life group. And we get to fellowship together, share about God to other people that don't know God. Whenever we stop at the gas station or buy something for eat, we get to share about God. There's a lot of guys that ride bike, just like anything else. You know, we invite them, we build relationships, we invite them to church, and that's a way of ministering to them and giving them the gospel. It becomes your family. It becomes your family. And, and we all know how important family is, and that is your family. When you have a problem, they know. They, you can reach out. They're there. They're taking care of whatever needs you have. They know you're hurting. They're praying for you, just like your family. They, disciple, they discipline you, too, when you get in a little bit off track. They kind of steer you right back in where you need to be. If you're missing, they're calling you. Just like church, if you miss church, they're calling you. Hey, you okay? Everything okay? So I just praise God that, uh, you know, it's not, might not be the person that we're ministering to when they come to ride bike, might be their family members. 
we don't know. But uh, it's awesome. It's an awesome ministry. We just memorize the words, so we practice at home, just constantly memorize. She would teach us a way, would constantly do it and instill it as focus points. But in my home, what happened is my son's autistic. So when I was memorizing the word, he was memorizing the word too. Um, and he memorized it like that. So he was my teacher. And Ethan started to spread the word in school. Everywhere he went, he was memorizing the word. If you ask him, John 4, 16, he's gonna tell you what it is. Every single verse that we learned, because I was on Zoom, I couldn't get into her house. So my son was always around me in life group. So everything was taught. And the life group is a blessing because he knows the word and he gets out there and spread it. Or two, and you build relationships. It's all about connecting with people. Amen. Hallelujah. You're not in a life group. You want to get into one and then, or you want to start something different. You guys go salmoning, salmon, whatever you're calling. You can do one there. You can do fishing. You can do all kinds of life group. The components are the word of God, prayer for each other, and caring for each other. And so you've got that. You can be a life group. Amen? you got to go through all the prerequisites, but that's what you need. That is so awesome and wonderful. And I want to talk to you tonight about a young man. You don't hear much about him. His name is John Mark. Have you ever heard about him? John Mark. Who was he? He was the cousin to Barnabas, and Barnabas was a great encourager. He was the son of Mary. You remember who Mary was? Mary was the woman who had a prayer meeting in her house. Remember when Peter was put in prison and he, they were going to execute him and they put him behind four squads of, of guards. That means he was deep inside prison. That means there were 16 guards uh, surrounding him. And you would call it today maximum uh, security. Yeah, he was behind bars. But the women and the people in Mary's house prayed and interceded. And in the middle of the night, the angel came and answered their prayer and woke Peter up and got him free out of prison. He thought it was a dream, a vision, but it wasn't. And he went to the house of Mary where they were praying. And John Mark was their son, her son. So John Mark was a Christian. He grew up in a Christian home. So when his cousin Barnabas and Paul were going to go on Saul, were going to go on a missionary journey, they said, let's take John Mark with us. So John Mark went with them. And somewhere along the line, in a place called Pamphylia, maybe it's called somewhere here in the wilderness of Alaska, he got cold feet. It got hard. It got so treacherous. Physically, he probably couldn't handle it. Spiritually, he couldn't take it. Of course, he was young, but he couldn't handle it. So he said to the men, to his cousin and Paul, I'm going to go back home to Jerusalem to Mama where it's safe. Well, so what happens? A little later, Barnabas and Paul are going to go on a second missionary journey. And they said, um, let's, Barnabas says, let's take John Mark with us. And Saul, Paul, stood up and said, 
that loser, that failure, that mama's boy, we don't want anything. I don't want anything to do with him. He failed us. He did not come through. He couldn't keep his word. I want nothing to do with him. He's an embarrassment to me. That's my interpretation of it. I read between the scriptures. And, and uh, so, but Barnabas was, he's a great encourager. You know how some people are? They just encourage you. They love you. We can, you can do it. You can do it. He was that kind of a guy. And so he said, no, I want to take John Mark with me. But Paul said, no. And they got into a terrific argument. The argument was so heated that Paul said, I'm taking Silas and we're going to go our way. Barnabas said, I'll take John Mark. And I don't know all that John Mark went through after that, but I know what the scripture says about John Mark toward the end. The scripture says in, um, where was it? In Philemon, verse 24, Paul's in prison, and he says, he mentions all the people's names who are in prison with him. And John Mark was with him in prison. So what does it tell you? That John Mark came through. He suffered with him. And then in Colossians 4.10, this is what it says about John Mark. Paul says this, my fellow prisoner, Aristarchus, sends you his greetings as does Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. You have received instructions about him. If he comes to you, welcome him. These are the only Jews among my fellow workers for the kingdom of God, and they have proved a comfort to me. Whoa. His whole attitude changed toward John Mark. And then in 2 Timothy 4.11, oh, Paul says, bring me John Mark. He is helpful to me in my ministry. John Mark was fully restored. He was restored. He paid the price. He passed the test. Somebody gave him a second chance. There was a Barnabas in his life who gave him a second chance. And you know what happened? That situation where they had this humongous argument and they separated, but they separated with good terms. There was no bitterness. There was no hatred. There was no anger. They separated. And Paul did a great work with Silas. And John Mark was restored. You know what? God turned everything around for good and for his glory and honor. This is wonderful scripture. In Romans 8, 28 says this, and we know that in all things, God works together for the good for those who love him and those who have been called according to his purpose. So you might have slipped up. You might have gone through terrible loss. You might have lost a job. You might have lost a spouse. You might have lost a, uh, a family member. You might have been uh, found in sickness. You might have been lost a relationship. But you know what? If you keep your heart right, 
God can turn it around for good. There are Barnabases in your life and in this church. I call them leaders. I call them life group leaders. I call them encouragers. I call them connect coordinators who can encourage you, who will strengthen you and bless you and get you back on the right course. I remember when devastation hit my life. I just turned ter- 17 and I was graduating from high school and my parents had invested in me. We're putting you through a private school so you will do well, etc., etc., etc. And then it came time for me to take the entrance test to the University of Hawaii. And guess what happened? I failed. Whoa! 17 years old. My parents said, we invested all this uh, private education into your life. You're a disgrace. They owned a business. Oh, we're so embarrassed. You have embarrassed us. And on and on and on and on. Because they weren't Christians anyway yet. But I was devastated. I lost face for my parents. Golly, have you ever been there before when you felt like you were the loser and uh, there was no, there's no turning around and you're 17 and you say, God almighty, I just become a Christian a few years before that. And so I said, okay, well, the only thing I know to do is to pray. So I did. I cried out to the Lord and I said, God, help me. What am I going to do? I'm an embarrassment to my family. I'm an embarrassment to this church. I'm an embarrassment to my leadership. What am I going to do? And lo and behold, a month later, God sent some interns from a school, an Assembly of God college called um, Southern California College, which is Vanguard today, university. And I was accepted there. And there I met. Dr. Morocco's two brothers, Pastor Colleen's sister, and I fulfilled what God had put on my heart to become a teacher. And um, I realized that that was God's plan. He, that was his plan for me to go this way. But my parents had plans for me to go that way. And they, and I, My life would never have come together to fulfill God's plan if I had entered the University of Hawaii because I would have never gone to Bible school or a Christian college. And um, my life totally changed as a result. So when you face devastation, when you face like it's the end of the world, like God has a better plan for you. Keep your heart right. Keep your attitude right. Seek God. Get into a great life group. Get and be encouraged by your leaders and God will turn it around for good. Every situation, every devastation in your life, he will turn it around for good. There was one of our ladies who had come. She was an older woman. She just came into the church. She sat down just as the sermon started. She would leave as soon as the sermon was over. I noticed her, so I went up to her just before she left, and I asked her her name, and I said, wouldn't you like to be in a life group with other ladies? And she said, hmm. Maybe. So I took her name and her number, and I called one of my faithful life group leaders. And I called Lucy, and Lucy said, sure, I'll invite her. She went to Lucy's life group, and she loved it. Lucy fed her, fed her the word, fellowship, 
prayer, everything. Great time. So she and her husband went on a vacation to visit their family member and uh, on the en route, en route from Hawaii over to the West Coast, her husband had a massive heart attack on the plane and died. And so after she called her son and her family, who did she call? Dr. Morocco? No, she didn't know his number. She didn't know him. Adam. Pastor Ann? No, she forgot me after she met Lucy. So who did she call? Lucy, her life group leader. And Lucy ministered to her. Lucy called us immediately because that's what Lucy's job is to do. You call your pastor, let him know. And so we ministered to her. And when she came back, you know where she went first? Not to church, but to where? Life group. She did. That is the power, the power of a life group, the power of a family, a power of a group that will love on you and will pray for you. And then she moved to the Big Island. And we had no church on the Big Island on, on that end of the, on the, in uh, Hilo. And she said to me, how can I get to a life group? Because that's all she knew. So I called one of our life group leaders in Honoka'a on the other side of the island. Would you do life group with her on the phone or on Zoom? Well, this lady could not figure out Zoom for anything, but she could get a phone call. So once a week, that life group leader would call her and pray with her and study the word of God together on the phone with her. And would you believe a year later, we are starting a church in Hilo. Yay! Are you convinced about a life group yet? <laughs> Life group is the only way to go. When you come into a church, who do you look for? You look for your friends. You look for your family. If the church is big, like it's going to be on that hill, they come in, what are they going to say? Go, oh, this is too big. I'm getting out of here. Or is it going to say, are the people going to look for people that they know? When we were, when revival broke out in Maui, and um, one of these ladies came in, and she had her baby in her hand. It was her first time at church. And I think it was Pastor Daniel like, running around the church like that. <laughs> and she looked like this with her baby in her arms. And she went. <laughs> I went up to her and I asked her. I said, this is your first time here, isn't it? She said, yeah. I said, come. We're just excited about Jesus. You know how people get excited at a ball game? We're just excited about Jesus. Come on in. She said, oh, okay. She could understand that. So she came in. I said, we have a nursery. Let me show you our nursery so your son could go. She went to the nursery, and her son slipped out of her hands and into the nursery, and she had no babies in her arms. So I said, come. Where do you live? Maybe I can introduce you to people where you live. Where do you live? She said, oh, I live in Wailuku. So I found somebody in Wailuku to sit with her. So you do the same thing. Find somebody where they live. Palmer, Wasilla, wherever, Anchorage, whatever. Find somebody. And you'll never know until you get to know the people in this house. And you have to know everybody in this house. So it's very simple to get to know everybody in this house. You ask them three questions. What's your name? My name is. What's your name? Where do you live? And third thing. Well, is this your first time with us? Or have you been to the Discover Track? Or would you like to be a part of our life group? Anything like that. 
you just exchanged. You're never going to remember their name next week, but you're going to remember where they live. You're going to remember something. But that is the power of relating to people and connecting with people. You have to get used to that now before you move in. Because if you don't know your neighbor now here, it's going to be harder when you get up on that hill. You don't want anybody slipping out through the back door. God is entrusting you with a state full of people coming in hungry for God and if you don't know them and you can't introduce them to somebody or into your own life group you're going to lose them so my job is to encourage you to become life group leaders to open your home or to encourage and get to know people go visit them in their home I met somebody here this morning and I said you better open your home for life group and they went I took authority and I said, you'll be blessed and there will be a generational blessing. Just like, just like John Mark's life changed. His life drastically changed. He grew up in a Christian home, but he got discouraged. But God rescued him. And maybe some of you out there need to be rescued. You're saying, come on, Jesus, I can't do this. I am not able to. God says you can. If he can do it for John Mark. Ha, if he can do it for me, he can do it for you. I grew up in a non-Christian home, but I ended up doing my parents' funeral. It was powerful. They came to know the Lord. And before my father died, when he was giving instructions to everybody, he said, I want you to do my funeral. My father was very strict Japanese. His measurement was up here. And it was down here. <laughs> but God did something different. And he will do something different for every one of you. All you have to do is have a willing heart to be used of the Lord. God will use anybody. He'll use anybody. As long as you say, Jesus, I cannot do it in all my own strength. But if you will help me, I will do it. And God is calling you. There are John Marks here, and there are Barnabases here. Men and women who will be the encouragers. Men and women who come and say, I want to be used of God. Help me. Will you take the challenge tonight? Will you do what God's called you to do and be? Amen? Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.